Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. It's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, end-time watchwoman, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show. It is my pleasure, folks, today to introduce you to my favorite lawman. It is Dr. Greg Evenson. He is an award-winning Kansas State trooper, was a Kansas marshal, who served as a high-ranking U.S. military officer. He's a former national radio host. Greg authored Security in America, Are We Secure? Greg has traveled around presenting his amazing preparedness seminars across the globe using his castle defense system, and he specializes in how to survive and thrive in a police state environment. Wow, if this is not a draconian police state that we are living in, I don't know what it is. It is my pleasure to have you back on the program. Greg Evenson, welcome to the program tonight, sir. Pleasure to have you on. Oh, thanks, Sheila. It's always a joy to be with you. Uh, We've got some serious stuff today. Yeah, there is a lot to get into, Greg. You know, we're not talking about the riots in Ferguson. We're not talking about the riots in Baltimore. We all know the National Guard swoops in and it completely implements martial law. We're not going to go there in this episode. I, I really believe these are false flag psyops. And I believe they're to distract people. They're smoke screens. And I always find it interesting that every time the new media seems to break a story, it's incredible how it's like, oh, look over here. There's riots in Baltimore. Forget Jade Helm. The Jade Helm story seems to be the biggest story everywhere. And even in the mainstream, which always makes me a little nervous because normally when they put something out, especially in the mainstream, you have to look in the other direction sometimes. So there's been some very strange new twists, Greg, to the whole Jade Helm story. The Ohio survivalist and search and rescue expert Tom Lipshu has got a large YouTube channel. He just put out a video a couple days ago that a large order has been placed for the delivery of a thousand portable disaster morgues, they're calling them. They've been so far delivered to four states, Missouri, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Texas. Then you've got Walmart mysteriously shutting down stores. I know you have some incredible sources, Greg. I know your intel is very good. I mean, when you've got already some very nefarious pieces of this puzzle, then you couple that with the very strange morgues. Last year, we saw the big delivery shipment of all these black coffins. Now you've got morgues, Walmart stores shutting down as potential facilities for detaining people. I mean, this is getting weirder by the minute, Greg. It is like a bad episode of the Twilight Zone here. Well, you're exactly right. And I have to ask the question to anyone uh, listening uh, today, simply this. If this were a, quote, normal or, quote, procedural, close quote, exercise, why would there be the necessity for tens of thousands of plastic coffins and, as you said, the portable mortuaries. Uh, you see, it's, it's not for that. It never has been for that. This entire situation started as a, uh, just a gem, jade, of an idea 
that's the way it was put to me, that they would be able to, uh, that the government and all the related military and law enforcement agencies would be able to test drive, they would be able to rehearse, if you will, uh, the uh, upcoming uh, uh, situation should there be a some kind of disaster in the country. It was not limited to three or four so-called troublesome states, Texas being the, the head of the uh, list, but all 50 states. And they're simply looking for a tripwire event to initiate Jade Helm. It's always very nefarious kinds of activities, always done under the benevolent guise of helping your security and safety. And that's always the disturbing, malevolent undertones of all this. And when I was researching in the states that the Walmart closures were, I found it ironic that in talking with management employees, there was no permits issued through local city commissioners. There was no drain issues reported. What is your take on what is going on with Walmart, especially when we read in the Department of Defense info that FEMA can use abandoned or unused department stores? Do you see a connection there? I do. Uh, Walmart, and of course, I'm not speaking for corporate, and I'm not speaking for anyone in it. But a great uh, long time ago, Walmart signed on to the greater government agenda of being, quote, available for whatever needs the government would have. Now, their, their first idea, of course, was commercial. We can sell them whatever products we can and to put in the uh, underground complexes and to make sure that their forces are supplied. That was one supply chain effort of, of the Walmart. The second one was to become a physical location for incarceration, uh, at least temporary, but nonetheless a place that people could be kept in. That's why the big cameras went in. That's why electronic uh, uh, locks went in that are made and glass uh, put in in many of the stores, not all of them, but many of them at this point uh, that are as almost as impenetrable as a cockpit of flight a cabin on an airplane. So you are getting uh, a picture here of people that can be kept in a very large floor space area, uh, and, and Walmart would be number one with that. And the second issue is that Walmart then uh, could be in a position at the conclusion, whatever that is, uh, and in the time frame, whatever that would be, to be in a position to, of course, what? Retain their business association in the community, when all of the businesses are gone, all of the businesses are shut down, or the individuals running it are no longer there, uh, Walmart would be uh, a prime uh, business for the community. So it, it has a two-pronged approach. Well, and it's very interesting to get a hold of this here because, folks, if you're a child of God, it's very important for you to wrap your head around this because in addition to Jade Helm being a military exercise, it's also, I think, Greg, a glimpse of a reformatted American landscape. And it's a milepost that really reveals that America's about to enter into a chapter of history here. I believe it's the Roman Empire divide and conquer. I think the countdown has begun. Look at them drying the supply of ammo. You have the Constitution being eviscerated. And our good friend Steve Quayle always uses the vilify, nullify, destroy. I mean, our freedoms are being usurped to this draconian thuggery. And at the same time, you've got the recipe for a complete enslavement by stealth is Five years after Obamanomics, you've got a record hundred million out of a job, Greg. You've got fifty million on food stamps. I mean, it was Lenin that said the capitalists will sell us the rope in which we hang them. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, it is, and not only that, but please keep in mind that this has been death by ten thousand cuts, with all of the uh, the effort that the government has made in dictating. To private companies, what they'll do and what they won't be able to do. The most prominent, of course, being that of uh, ammunition manufacturers. With what is coming through the United Nations, the latest effort uh, in the curtailing of any weapons in the possession of Americans, uh, and, and of course the ongoing saga of, of Adolf Putin, uh, who is trying to uh, run the world. And you have, of course, ISIS uh, with established camps in the United States, the FBI will run down a guy that's, that's had a 15-year-old warrant for, for uh, 
you know, breaking and entering or, or a bank deal, but they can't take care of ISIS. Now, you tell me how it is that the FBI, the vaunted FBI, cannot locate 52 that we know of, training camps of ISIS. What is ISIS? It is, it is named after an ancient goddess, and we have the result uh, is a, a group of people that are as evil or more so than the Nazis in World War II. And you've got this ongoing issue in the United States of, well, let's, let's take away the means by which the American people can defend themselves. Well, we can't confiscate 200 million firearms because it just be too big a job. But I'll tell you what we can do. We can eliminate the ammunition, as they're doing with 223 ammo. And they say, well, oh, no, that was just rumor. No, it's not. They are eliminating it, number one. Number two, uh, the information I have from Federal, Remington, and Winchester through people that I would not name is that now it is alleged that they are immersing the primers within the bullets with a corrosive substance that, when placed in the bullet, uh, will slowly degrade over a two- to four-month period. During that time, it, it will not be able to ignite the powder to send the bullet down the barrel. So if you can't get the guns and uh, you can't uh, right away shut off the entire supply of ammunition, which will reach out to all the calibers eventually, uh, let's just take care of the ammo. So it's got a shelf life of two to four months. And when you think about 1.5 million rounds of 233 ammo, 30 caliber rounds, you look at Obama announcing the intention to close the terrorist detention facility at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, changing the mission at Guantanamo Bay. He says he's going to imprison key patriot leaders at that detention facility. I mean, this is all a recipe for disaster. And then springboard into Jade Helm drills. Well, exactly correct. And uh, you were very articulate a little bit ago about setting this up so people listening will be able to understand that this is a multi-front effort. It always has been. It continues to be. It is masquerading as just, well, we want to be prepared. Well, why do we have to be so calculatingly prepared if there is no internal threat? Well, wait a minute. So you're telling me then, Greg, that that the people coming across the border that we know have been pouring across, tens of thousands that included uh, members of ISIS, members of the North Korean uh, army uh, and others, that there is not a danger to this country? Well, of course there's a danger, but we have decided to meet the preparation for defense by waging an internal door-to-door domestic war against the American people. You can call it what you like. You can describe it the way you like. You can say, well, this comes right out of the Army War College. But what it is is nothing short of a war in the American people. When you use Special Operations Command and the NORTHCOM people uh, with all of their various MOS specialties uh, within the military, including, of course, Special Forces, the uh, Force Recon, Navy SEALs, Cavalry Scouts, all of them, what have you got? You have got a fighting force second to none. Well, why aren't they in Afghanistan? Because they're here, ready to go into Houston. Why? Because Texas has said, no, we will not go along with you, Mr. Obama. We will take care of our own borders, since you won't help us. We will take care of those that are in our state that are subversive, since you won't. And they're saying, oh, no, that doesn't fit with our agenda. Therefore... We must send troops there. Well, it's pretty stunning when you've got also, Greg, jackboot thugs invading your neighborhoods, marching in their combat gear through a neighborhood near you, and then there's foreign troops being spotted all over American soil. Who has the massive military hardware? Well, the UN. Clinton was talking about this years ago. We need a militarized, separate UN militarized Lisa, I mean, that's pretty stunning when you go back and look at the legislation on what the U.N.'s been trying to do since the 80s. Well, look, uh, Sheila, uh, when, when I was operating as a state trooper, I can tell you that then, in, in those days, uh, we were just beginning to see some of the militarized vehicles coming down to the state and local level. Uh, and we were all asking the question 
uh, even those of us uh, intimately involved, what are they sending us this stuff for? We don't need to. This is for the Army. Well, it was clear, that the, again, the agenda, used it many, too, too many times, but the, the reason was that they wanted a seamless operation that went from the White House or the Pentagon right down to City Hall, and that they would be able to dictate the money that came down for the purchase of, uh, at that time, uh, just standard, standard vehicles, deuce and a half, they called them, troop carriers, uh, a way to round up people and put them in the back of a big army vehicle with the canvas tops and take them to some uh, prearranged location. And then it became uh, Humvees, and then it became MRAPs. And, and now you've got uh, your, your cities, counties, and states militarized, fitting exactly where they want it to be from the top down. Uh, we dictate the money, the training, and the alert, and we will send people out representing the government to be a liaison with every department in the country uh, so that we make sure you're doing what we tell you to do. Well, I don't know if you remember this, Greg, back in 20, I think it was 2011, the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA conducted a disaster drill in Denver, Colorado. They called Operation Mountain Garden, and the plan was all-inclusive, and basically it shut down the Denver metropolitan area, including Denver International Airport, many malls, many schools, and other public venues, including Sports Authority Field, where the Denver Broncos play, they put everybody by the tens and thousands. And what was that all about? And I really think that it was a disaster drill and a continuity of government exercise here. So when the DOD runs out of mall space, there's always the stadiums, the arenas. I've done stories on Simon Properties acquiring all these large containment facilities as we witness with Hurricane Katrina. So it's pretty stunning when 800 FEMA camps aren't enough. You've got other places like Walmart, malls, stadiums. It's quite stunning how the tentacles of this this thing reaches. Well, it is. And, and uh, just so that people say, well, they can't cover it all. Oh, yes, they can. And, and what it is uh, within these executive orders is that any business, you could name Kmart, you could name Shopco, you could name the local high school gymnasium, um, anything that has the ability to take in numbers of people so that your communities eventually will be virtually ghost towns, that everybody will be in a place somewhere that you did not choose to be. And the trouble they'll have is rounding up the, the more rural folks uh, because I can simply tell you, you come into the area where I live and you try and uh, start picking people up and you're going to have 300,000 deer hunters putting trophies on the walls and they ain't going to have horns. Well, I want to read you, Greg, a letter that I've, I'm getting a lot of letters like this, but this one in particular is really interesting that I got last week. Hello, Sheila. I live in northern Mich- Michigan, right next to Highway 131. My wife and I have lived here for many years, and we have never seen the massive amounts of military vehicles on the highway like we have seen recently. I think this information can validate some of the information in your recent shows about Jade Helm being designed to take America directly into World War III. We saw a huge convoy of military trucks heading north. I ran outside to get a closer look, and they were still driving by. This is by far the largest convoy of military vehicles we have ever seen, including our neighbors, concur. They are at least 250 trucks pulling flatbed trailers that look like cannons on each trailer. Each trailer had two of these brown slash tan cannon looking things and each of these also had wheels and trailer hitches on them. These things look like they could be pulled by Humvees. I have never saw this before, even anything close to like what I've... And I served in the military from 1986 until 1995. Each round cylinder cannon barrel question mark was about 30 to 36 inches in diameter, about 10 feet long. They are huge. Also, there have been a lot of military-type aircraft flying over the past week. And yes... I've seen massive FEMA camp located at Camp Grayling. But then again, it's just for training. Yeah, right. I just wanted to pass this along to you, Sheila. What do you make of that, Greg? Well, first of all, although I live in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which is north and west of this, I am very familiar with Highway 131. 
I know right where the front gate of uh, Camp Grayling is. I know exactly how to get to it, and I know exactly what they're saying. These convoys are coming up I-75 and exiting there and going into a, a camp. Now, now we're talking about uh, a Camp Grayling that used to be a very nice setback in the woods, kind of uh, we go there and train and we bivouac and we shoot a few rounds and, and we go home. They, uh, within recent years, have expanded this fort or camp to accommodate 15 times the size and the fenced-in areas and the off-limits areas to the extent that I played like I was a bird watcher and went back in there and was looking around and got uh, challenged by a couple of uh, Army types that were very serious about my being on public ground, public land, next to Grayling, and I was told to leave. So there's stuff going on there that they clearly don't want us to know about, but it is, for, for the sake of this uh, tonight, it is a marshalling area. They are bringing that equipment in so that they can disperse it on the Great Lakes to anywhere they need to go with it. And, of course, that would include, on our side of the state, uh, basically uh, Chicago and Milwaukee. Well, it's so interesting how the elites, they really are masters at controlling the narrative, aren't they? Almost a generation ago, they labeled anyone who dared to mistrust the words of well-known liars as tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists. The term conspiracy theorist has become a conditioned response, which describes crazy people who doubt their actions and statements of known liars from the government. Of course, there's no such thing as two bad people getting together to plan something evil, Greg. So I guess the Oklahoma City, the Twin Towers, Ruby Ridge, Waco, the Batman shooting in the Boston Marathon and the 7-7 London bombings were just figments of our imagination. And the 4 million people that have died in the Middle East countries that we have invaded are just plain figments of our imagination. I mean, they really do control the narrative, don't they? Well, they do completely. It's collateral damage. I wish, uh, uh, to that extent, I wish that I could remember. This is terrible. But I cannot remember the first uh, letter, the acronym, uh, for uh, Jade Helm. It is on Helm, uh, whatever the H stands for, and I'm just sorry I can't remember. But I have been told that the sheriffs in Texas know this as H, and then E, elimination, and L, local, M, militants. Well, there's a lot of different speculation on what it really does stand for. I've heard that it's also the Jade is Joint Assistant for Deployment and Execution, and then the Helm is Homeland Eradication of Local Militants. So we've heard it all, right? Yes, yes. And then part of this, clearly, Sheila, is speculation, because even the guys telling me this in Texas, they've got no way of knowing it. They haven't seen this on paper. But here's the situation. The rumors, the innuendos, the, the, the speculation runs rampant when you don't have a government that is honest with, with the people, that, that has an ulterior motive to virtually everything they do, and an army that is complicit, perhaps not by choice, but by so-called chain of command. And you've got the same thing in law enforcement. They're tied in with billions of dollars that have been given out to them so that when they set the hook, the departments would have no choice uh, but to be reeled in and do exactly uh, what the guy with the pole wants them to do. Well, and do you find it interesting, Greg, that when I was thinking back when I was talking about Obama and, and Gitmo, I mean, it's very interesting that ISIS is operating a camp just a few miles from El Paso, Texas. And according to Judicial Watch sources, they say that it includes a Mexican Army field grade officer and a Mexican federal police inspector. Yet, President Obama is completely ignoring this fact. And it's monumental national security issues here. And again, it's the proverbial crickets chirping from the Obama White House. And it's interesting that he's releasing terrorists who are potentially strengthening this force, isn't it? Well, it is. But but you see, Sheila, I will... will uh, give uh, to you right now that there are many people that simply don't believe this, nor do they want to accept it. And I understand why, but I just caution that it may be very, very dangerous to do this. But they, they choose. People choose to reject the clear indicators that this is a planned philosophy and operation 
that's underway being steered by the White House and, to some degree, Congress, but to a major degree, the Pentagon, all for what end result? The end result is the subjugation of the American people, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially. They are going to take us at every corner, and we will not be able, at that point, to do anything. So you get up tomorrow morning, and the bank is closed, or your ATM won't give you cash, or your credit card will not register, or whatever it is, or the cash is no longer recognized. In literally an overnight period of time, this country is on its knees. And then they're put away because people will go, oh, so these guys I've been hearing about all these years were right after all. Now I guess I have no choice. I have nothing left, so I will fight. And that's what they want to avoid. They want to get the first step ahead. And that's why Jade Helm is underway. Well, and it reminds me of the Roman Empire playbook meets Auschwitz here, taking into account the social, economic, and political changes and the cultural changes, including the rise of Islam. Islam is straight out of the bowels of Satan, and history does repeat itself, but there is a point of no return, isn't there, Greg? Oh, there is. And I, I really, uh, Sheila, I don't want to be uh, particularly pessimistic. I think we've we've uh, stepped past that line. I, I When I look at that logo, I think uh, Nathan Leal was the one that uh, put it out, that had the, the saber in the center and the crossed arrows of the Operation Jade Helm. And in the center is a very faint a little something uh, in the center of this logo. You need to look it up uh, because you'll be shocked. What you see in there on very close examination is the silhouette of what appears to be a wooden shoe. And I'm, I'm looking at this going, this cannot be. What, what could this possibly be? And it was described, or it was read out like this. The wooden shoe was the footwear that was issued in the concentration camps of Germany during World War II. Actually, Nathan's going to be breaking that down tomorrow for okay. us. And you, well, then but, I won't go any further with it. But, what but it, a, the wooden clog is very interesting, yes. especially when you look at what the prisoners wore during the Holocaust. And, of course, you know, thus far, the majority of the reports coming out, you know, people are really trying to dig into the logo and various things. But the bottom line, it's always hidden in plain sight, isn't it? It is. And... Uh, one of my questions when I get to heaven is going to be, Lord, did you require the ground rules of all this, that uh, it had to be revealed somewhat so that discerning Christians and others uh, would be able to see it? You know, it's almost at that, that level, but nonetheless, it is right in front of us, and yet there'll be total denial. What is Hillary saying today? How can I jump on board her uh, presidential bandwagon? Uh, I'm really interested in that, as opposed to all of this that is happening. You see, the American people have become so complacent and so ignorant of, of, of dealing uh, with these kinds of things that they know the powers that be that are executing this, know that they can pull off 90% of this before the American people even turn their head and look to see what's going on. What surprises me when it comes to Jade Helm, Greg, I would really like people to snap out of their dystopic trance and actually get mad, quit being armchair patriots and commando couch Christians and actually do something because, you know, even as the independent media has began to fight back us in the what I call the new media against the globalist psyops to cover their wrongdoings, I also find it very fascinating that not only do the elite come up with these counter psyops and now of course anyone who points out government wrongdoing is a fear monger and it has a companion term promoting fear porn so subsequently anyone who dares to promote any wrongdoing on the part of the government or the elite is engaged in simple fear mongering and should be ignored but there's another very disturbing trend and it's the fact that now they're labeling radical Christians as terrorists as well very disturbing isn't it it is, because what, if, and again, if we can use this uh, briefly, but the last thing they did in Nazi Germany before the, the uh, complete exterminations began was to corner, to label, and to make, to vilify 
uh, the Jew and others within the German uh, country that were deemed to be enemies of the state. And so they did it very successfully to the point that, of course, we know history and what took place there, and the, it's being repeated. We are really morphing into the Fourth Reich here, aren't we? Well, we have been, and I will tell you, Operation Paperclip, right after World War II, they can say what they like. I don't know that you could prove that they had that as the ultimate uh, right-from-the-start goal, uh, but they could not not consider that importing all of the German scientists and the uh, German intelligence people, some of whom uh, were high up within the Wehrmacht, German army, and the uh, SS and Gestapo, that for the purposes of, of uh, being able to train our people in being able to really pull off the kinds of surveillance and, and operations they wanted to achieve, they did it based on Nazi philosophy. And now Operation Paperclip has come to full fruition. And I've even said recently that I believe in that regard, Germany won World War II. Well, what do you think the bottom line is with this Jade Helm? Because I always think, you know, if they're focusing on it this much, what are they distracting us from? But what is your take on really what's coming here with these so-called red list dissident drills? Or how do you see Jade Helm, Greg? Jade Helm is the uh, final rehearsal, the run-through, the final mock war games that are going to take place before the actual operations begin. And you understand that the difference between the, if you will call it the rehearsal or the mock drills and the real thing is simply an event that either takes place as a result of a false flag, the detonation of a thermonuclear device in this country that they can blame on, oh, it doesn't matter now, does it? As long as it went off uh, and there are casualties, now we're suddenly moving from a drill status to the real thing, uh, or it could be something as simple as a local army group was attacked by uh, the civilians in Texas, and I'm not saying they have been, I'm just saying um, hypothetically, uh, and all of a sudden they have their justification. And they say, we cannot possibly allow this to take place. Therefore, the FEMA camps that are now open and the casualties that uh, were incurred by certain individuals uh, we're going to bury them in the plastic coffins, and we've got to have mortuaries. To take. It all begins to fit hand in glove with the ultimate design, the ultimate outcome, which is, as I said before, the subjugation of the American people. No more Constitution, no more Bill of Rights, no more civilian government to speak of, and all military and uh, political direction. Well, it really seems to be Brave New World meets 1984 here. And especially when you look at this very dehumanizing, the human domain, I find that piece of the puzzle very interesting. And I always think it has to do with a strategy that the U.S. military is going to incorporate into the future operations of these theaters of war. When the concept of human domain, when you look at it fitting into phase zero shaping, I mean, that's really traditionally a military mission, isn't it? Well, it is. And, and again, the logo uh, of this uh, Jade Helm is mastering the human domain. Well, now what exactly does that mean? Well, I think it's very clear to anybody that can read uh, is that they want to be the sole arbiters of what takes place in the, what, human domain. That means every living person, wherever they are. And so if they are bold enough to put that on the logo, they could have put for the protection of America. They could have put to ensure liberty. But they put to master the human domain. Now, not only is that pretty high-level intellectual thinking uh, to a certain degree, but it is also very revealing as to their intent. And it's all about intent, Sheila. It, it really goes beyond war exercise and preparation and uh, control of communications and uh, infrastructure and all of that. It goes to why are they doing this intent? 
Well, it's kind of like a stratagem because Chinese literature talks a lot about throwing out the jade gem. You touched on that. But also could be why these Blackhawks are doing in this jade helm exercises, stirring up the people. They're also doing a lot of data mapping. Typically, before an operation begins in a new area, the military will first send in people to gather data. And they're called human terrain experts. I actually know some of them that are social scientists who have majored in anthropology. And it's really interesting that there's you're really starting to see this first phase of this kind of operation, aren't you? Acquiring the data on people. Well, it is. Not only uh, those that are part of the ambient population of any area, that is the given people that live however they do, farms, cities, whatever, but but it is more, it, it, it's more than that. It's going to the center of who they are and how they operate. In other words, the people in my part of the country who, are, who don't live very close together, but are, uh, you know, people up here will drive 50 miles for a good cup of coffee. Because when you get there, you're, you're with people of like mind, culturally the same. Uh, you've got people that have been trained, have been brought up with certain cultural uh, understandings. And so when you have all of those folks intertwined, it's nothing for somebody to get on the phone and, and say, Greg, did you hear what's going on over by Ironwood? Or somebody else called me, do you know what's going on in Marquette? And all of a sudden we're talking to people in Marquette and Ironwood and all the cities in the area, and, and we've got people there that are saying, you bet that's happening, and we're getting together tonight at 7 o'clock, and uh, so forth. And it's for that these human terrain experts need to know their area so they can head off the kind of planned resistance that you better believe will occur. I think it's also interesting, a piece of this, Greg, that I think is a is a big question in all of this is, could a U.S. soldier be convinced that it's simply okay to round up U.S. citizens or even shoot them on, on demand? Yes, because labeling does it, Sheila. If you have young, impressionable recruits that have done, many of them have done time in Afghanistan, uh, some earlier in Iraq, that are now... A part of this cohesive effort to keep those guys together, to keep them the nucleus of the National Guard and regular Army or Army Reserve units. And they're told uh, when just in the briefings before they go into the field that their feelings do not matter, that it is a matter of you obey orders and do what you're told. These people are dangerous. They're going to end the American way of life, and they must be rounded up. Let me tell you, 90 out of 100 are going to say, oh, yes, sir. Well, and the, I guess so, that's the piece, Greg, is so stunning, is that citizens will overlook the law and choose security. There's that word again, security and safety is really, we saw that playbook being regurgitated out of Pappy Bush. I mean, it's really interesting how they always use this phrase, security and safety above all costs. That's correct. And they do it because... It rings an alarm bell, and they go back over generations, depending on how old you are. They'll think of the safety and security of the homeland being, what's the difference between that and the safety and security of the fatherland, which was Germany? Uh, again, they've inherited this trait. Now, that's not to say that the American people haven't had a love of their homeland and a, a desire to protect it and families and so forth, but this is far beyond that. It, it goes way beyond the cultural need from the old tribal days, uh, the clan days, of getting together and protecting uh, that which you have, your families, your livestock, your farms, and, and so forth, as opposed to doing that which is right. And the, the military has been convinced that there really is no right. It is simply, you must do this to keep order. Well, that is the key, but how do how does Posse Common taught us not play an effect here? Or because I mean, what's frightening? You mentioned the word culture. I find it frightening that in our culture, Greg, most people don't even know what Posse Common taught us is. Well, they don't because they haven't been uh, trained in school to understand that about 1876 or somewhere in there, Posse Common taught us became the the in its essence, meaning the rule 
of the, of the local authority, basically the counties. They had jurisdiction, and that was it. Nobody else did. That's why you have county sheriffs, not state sheriffs or federal sheriffs. And, and so the, the local group was the one that was out there taking care of things then because there was always that possibility that the government could interject itself into any of these areas. It was legislated that posse comitatus was protection uh, against unwanted or unwarranted federal intervention in the local county units, or as far as that goes anywhere, but specifically the county as being recognized as the single local governing source. It was meant to protect the American people's rights. The Defense Authorization Act of the, the last two have clearly made it possible to suspend posse comitatus whenever a military commander deems it. You start eviscerating and eroding the constitutional liberty and freedoms, but you also have another piece of this whole thing that I find very interesting I want to touch on for a minute, Greg, and that is people holding key positions, many of them inside of the DHS, who are tied to the Muslim Brotherhood. And when the jihadist in chief is one of those individuals, America has the duty to speak out, and yet that doesn't seem to be a huge concern with people. Well, it doesn't, again, Sheila, because we're talking about a multi-generational, cumulative training, advocacy, and a indoctrination process that has brought the American people from information uh, where they actually knew what was going on, many of them, and most of the information, to now you have an ignorant society that does not have the facts. Ignorant is when you don't have the facts. Stupid is when you got them and you don't use them. But nonetheless, the result is a population complacent, in denial, that don't care, that figure this is going to go on forever. And as long as you take care of me, government, you'll never hear me say a word. That's the kind of society we have become an entitlement society. And that's not a racist term. That is a literal term. We are entitled, we think, to all the goodies, but none of the responsibility. We are entitled to say and do what we want, but we don't have to ever uh, be informed enough to say at some point, wait just a minute, school board, wait just a minute, city council. We're not going there. We're not going to do that. And if we, you try it, we will recall you or impeach you or whatever it is. You see, we're way beyond that. That's why I have told many who, who call me, I said, we're not, we're not talking about uh, being able to, to uh, really uh, work this out legislatively or politically anymore. This is going to happen at the point of a gun. I also think that there's no political solutions for spiritual problems. And this really is the highest level of evil. Islam, again, is the face of Satan. I don't know if you remember this, Greg. One year ago, there was a retired U.S. Air Force General, Tom McInerney. He was an Good. assistant vice chief of staff as well as commander-in-chief of the U.S. Air Force Europe. But anyway, he shocked the media when he announced on a radio program the presence of the Muslim Brotherhood inside the U.S. government. And what was really stunning is that his McInerney's assertions, of course, they're also echoed in the best-selling book jointly authored by Aaron Klein and Brenda Elliott entitled Impeachable Offenses, which exposes how Obama has not only weakened America both domestically and abroad, but he's also tactically supporting a Muslim Brotherhood revolution. I mean, how does this guy not get impeached when you really look at the culmination of what he's done since he took office? There is no justification. I, I, I am so interested because I have a great deal of respect for General McInerney. You know, he's the one that uh, advocated that the flight that was lost over the Indian Ocean here a couple of years ago or a year ago actually landed right, uh, right. so it could be used later. And you know what? I, I, I got a kick out of this. Because he said, we can find a dime on the surface of Mars and we yeah. can't find the surface. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so, you know, but, but regardless, it, it is a matter of Sheila, it is not a stretch to say uh, that the White House has become so corrupted, uh, so beyond anything that has been believable, although it's been building to this through several presidents, 
including the much vaunted Ronald Reagan, who had his own issues that were not good for America. But it has been ongoing. There has not been a president elected since Franklin Roosevelt that was not appointed by the ruling elite in the world and uh, the Council of Foreign Relations and so forth. Uh, we, we keep getting a uh, regurgitated form of the next level of evil, and uh, we're just about at the apex. We are, and you're so right about what's going on in the White House. And then I've talked about this on other shows that Malik Obama, who's the half-brother of Obama, is a terrorist, and he is. this guy is in charge of arms procurement for the Muslim Brotherhood. And during his tenure in office, Obama has been strangely silent on the membership of his half-brother. Don't you find that strange, Greg? Well, I do, because clearly uh, it would it would bring life beyond what there is to the uh, criticism and evaluation of Obama that says, wait a minute, so what does this mean? If you're lying about this, you're not telling this, does that mean you truly were not born in the United States? Does this mean you truly have uh, been raised in a in a Muslim environment in Indonesia? Does this mean, and, it, and the list goes on and on and on and on, why can't we know your academic record? Why can't we know these things? Because it is designed for us not to know. He would have never been elected. But it, uh, the lie that Harry Reid was so adept at underscoring again has been prevalent in Washington, specifically in the Democratic Party, and to a certain degree in acquiescence in the Republican Party. Well, I feel I'm watching a bad rendition of the invasion of the body snatchers because, let's face it, our government has not just been hijacked by the bankers. They're beginning in earnest to carry out their edicts by using people with strong terrorist ties and in the climate of Jade Helm. This is frightening beyond belief, really, but... I guess one of the good news pieces of all this is we know that God says in his word, he laughs at the plans of the wicked. I know it's really hard for people to not get into fear with all these frightening headlines, but the good news is that God is still at the helm, isn't he, Greg? Oh, absolutely correct. And I, like Steve Coyle and I have said many times on many broadcasts together, we are in complete agreement about this, and I know you are as well, that at the end of the day, uh, no matter where you stand politically, no matter how you are within membership of your church, uh, or whatever aspect of life in the United States you feel is important to you, the only thing that matters is your relationship with God Almighty and His Son, Jesus Christ. There is nothing else, Sheila, when it's all done, when it's all over, the only thing that will matter that you know Him because you will see him in one form or the other and it is only imperative that you do the best you can for your family and your friends by leading them to the foot of the cross and that is your preparation for the future the whole purpose of my program is not to cause panic or fear but it is really to alert people to what is going on and jesus christ did say trust in me with all your heart I really do believe that God is still advancing his kingdom. But people have to say, Lord, are you showing me the things you want me to see? I think it is so imperative to understand that the watchmen were not set on the wall, Greg, to throw parties. I mean, we are called to do this the best we can. There are times when I agonize over this information for people, Greg. Well, and absolutely right. Sheila, I don't know how many times I can tell you before broadcast. I've, uh, because Steve and I share a lot of broadcasts together, that I've, I've said, are you sure we want to go on the air with this tonight? And <laughs> I said, you know, we'll qualify it, and we'll make it accurate as, as possibly, as best we can. But are you sure? And, you know, Steve is always uh, one to uh, go in the direction of let the people hear it and decide for themselves. Yes. Because part of the watchman's role, Sheila, in my view, is not saying that's a dust trail of the enemy coming up that's a mile or two away from our encampment, but that it's there at all. I don't know what it's from, but you should be aware of it. I can't, I can't do my job and, and say, well, I'm not going to worry about it until they're 100 yards away. So the warnings went up in the level of three when you saw the dust trail, when you saw the flags waving on the horses being held by the, the soldiers, and when they were at the gate. You gave three warnings. 
and many people associate that with three strikes and you're out and, and all kinds of threes. It doesn't matter. What it means is I don't have the, the privilege of saying, well, this isn't important. I'm going to report it. I'm going to do the best I can not to inflame people, not to scare people, but to simply say you are informed. That's what Ezekiel 33 says. Yes. It, it doesn't hold me to another standard. But if I do not do it, and you do not do it, and Steve doesn't do it, and any other people, then we have failed in our mission and will be held accountable. Well, and you know, really, the Bible talks a lot, though, about preparing for these crises. I mean, it's as old as the story of Joseph and the seven-year famine. It talks about the oil. In the natural, yes, Greg, these headlines and what's going on, it is beyond a science fiction, but it doesn't matter what happens on this planet El Shaddai, the great I am, the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is in control. And the most important thing to us is really about people knowing Jesus Christ took your sin to the cross. The spiritual antidote to poisonous evil deception lies can only be combated with truth and and light. And I don't mean those New Agers turning out, oh, I send you love and light. There's only one way to the Father, Jesus Christ. And we are in the end times, we're in perilous times, but we are in exciting times too, aren't we, Greg? It's incredible that we should be alive at this very moment. You and I don't have the time frame, uh, none of us do, but we can only look at the evidence around us, compare that with Scripture, and say, what does your conclusion say? Mine says we could very well uh, be at the front door of, of the tribulation, the end of time, and if we are, then we better act like it, and we better be prepared to deal with it. If we're not, then God has smiled, and we may be able to go another few years or a generation or whatever it might be. But if, if in case, it is now. And just in case uh, there is no rapture of the church, then are you prepared? Am I prepared? Are the folks listening today prepared to go through what they must go through? And all I can tell you is God help them because there'll be nothing else to help them. Absolutely. Well, in the waning moments, what is the most important thing for all the listeners tuning in to know, really, in your opinion? Well, Sheila, I'm actually going to take just a half step beyond that and say that, uh, you know, first of all, it's been a real privilege to be able to speak to your listeners tonight. But folks, please, please, uh, would you become informed, uh, even more so than what you're able to get on these uh, this program and other good programs, please uh, seek out yourself the information you know is there, but maybe you've stepped away from because you don't want to know. Please prepare your homes, uh, prepare your families, uh, most of all spiritually. And if you don't know what to do, uh, then get hold of Sheila or get hold of me or get hold of somebody that will be glad to direct you. But lastly, please be prepared to help everyone uh, that's a family member or friend, uh, to get through this. Because when it comes, uh, there will be no turning back, and the storm will be greater than anything seen in the history of mankind. And you must be prepared if you're going to get through it. For the listeners that are tuning in now, just quickly give out your website, Greg, for them. Sure. Uh, you can reach me at Greg, G-R-E-G, at the Heartland, H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, USA. Dot com. No spaces, no capitals. Greg at the heartlandusa.com. And you can reach me. My phone is listed there. I don't hide from it. If you want to call, uh, by all means do so, and we'll answer you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight, Greg, and God bless you. God bless you, Sheila, and them. Uh, thanks for having me on tonight. Folks, Dr. Greg Evenson's information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. Folks, do sign up for my podcast. You can go to my website and click on that big pink button on the right-hand side. Do sign up and follow my podcast. And thank you for making it number one in the Christian category for five weeks in a row. And folks, I want to remind you that this broadcast is 100% listener funded. So if you're blessed by the show, please do what you can. Tomorrow we have Nathan Leal from WatchmansCry.com. It's going to be a great show for the rest of the week. And I'm going to leave you today with a very interesting clip. It is a man that spoke to the UN recently. He was speak <laughs> of all places to go straight into the bells of the devil itself, the United Nations. 
He spoke to some of the leaders there, and what he had to say was quite stunning. I think you'll enjoy this clip. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast tonight. Good night, and God bless. Your Excellency, Mr. Sam Kusia, President of the General Assembly of the United Nations, Your Excellency, Nasir Abdulaziz Al Nasser, High Representative for the Alliance of Civilization. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank the President of this General Assembly, the Secretary General of United Nations, for your leadership in convening this high-level thematic debate on a very important agenda item. You are looking at a miracle. By all medical expertise, I'm not supposed to be alive. On November 12, 2003, I fell dead of a massive heart attack in the airport in Sydney, Australia. I was clinically dead 45 minutes. They administered CPR, resuscitation, and they gave me 10 electric shock treatments to my heart. In the United States, they give three shock treatments and they stop. In Australia, they give four shock treatments and they stop. They gave me 10 electric shock treatments to my heart. The blood had coagulated already in my hands, in my arms, in my feet, and my legs. There was absolutely no hope for me at all. I was just a corpse. They took my body and put it on a stretcher and carried it to an ambulance. And the paperwork had been finished, and it was DOA, dead on arrival at the hospital. But in the ambulance, on the way to the hospital, when all that medical science knew to do, and with all that was at their disposal to administer, it did not work. But in the ambulance, just a corpse lying on that stretcher, Jesus stepped on board that ambulance, and my heart began to beat, and the breath came back. The driver was startled. The paramedic was startled. He told me later, he said, I have never seen anyone recover from what has happened to you. After several weeks in Australia, I returned to the United States to my home by myself because I was totally healed. In 2004, I went to a hospital in Jackson, Tennessee for just a major checkup, and they gave me a complete blood lipid profile triglycerides, LDLs, HDLs, cholesterol, etc. The doctor looked at me and he said, your results are absolutely excellent. He said, but Reverend, we now can check the DNA in a person's body. He said, when we check your DNA, he said, when God raised you miraculously from the dead, he removed the APOE genogenetic marker for heart disease out of every cell in your body. He said, that is impossible. It's impossible. He said, only God could do such a thing. He said, when God healed you and raised you up, he totally, miraculously healed you. So I am grateful today to be alive because we know that after six minutes or less with no oxygen to the brain, there is irreparable brain damage. But God has totally raised me from the dead. Finally, a doctor looked at me and he said, you have defied all the laws of medical science. I looked at him and I said, I didn't but I know the one who did. His name is Jesus. I am an apostolic 
Christian. And my message here to you today is this. In the New Testament, in the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 38, it says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The answer, Your Excellencies, to the violence in our day and to the human atrocities in our day is Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. I give you Jesus. God bless you.